0: Signs of the Southland, Sunday, October 16th, 2022. Mr. Grant, let's start with you. Tell me about cross country's weekend at Penn State and Barry.
1: Yeah. So Tech split the squad again. That's kind of something that they do, I'd say, a handful of times every fall, um, with half the team going up to Penn State for the Penn State National Open, while the other half was down in Barry. Uh, Barry was uh, the second time they've been up there, and that was definitely a B lineup. Even though the women kind of smoked everyone, the men actually finished second behind the host. And there weren't a ton of, um, how do I say this, other D1 schools there. So definitely not much you can take away from that. But the good news is they actually placed pretty well um, up in Penn State. Uh, a fourth place finish uh, was good for, uh, obviously, fourth place fourth place, but they did beat ranked Syracuse, which is something that they've done a couple of times up at Penn state in the last few years. So definitely, um, interesting there. I, I wish I could say more. Uh, I have a couple of highlights that I can pull out from the, like the actual, uh, write up that dot com did. But when I went to go read off the results, uh, both of the links were dead and didn't open up any other pages. So, uh, outside of those, those top tier finishers, Liz Galarza, James Craig, and, uh, I couldn't tell you, you know, what other what other teams were up there. That being said, uh, Galarza and Cragen, uh, as they have throughout the year, have led the way. Uh, Galarza, that sixth-year senior, big part of those really successful women's teams from a couple of years ago. And Cragen, uh, who's kind of been a leader the last couple of years on the men's side. Uh, in terms of other notable finishes, uh, there were um, a, couple of, a couple of other top 10 finishers, uh, so Helena, Lindsay, for the women. Uh, and I think... The men, everyone came in in the top like 40, 42, but uh, no one else in the in the top 10, while the women were all in the top 40. So really pretty similar
0: spreads up there for them. Let's move on to softball, Mr. Purdy.
2: Uh, we had the second part of the various doubleheader things that are all exhibitions that don't matter in the grand scheme of things, uh as in we don't even have results or tweets to even tell you what happened when we went to Alabama. So we just know they played the game. We assume they played the games, both of them. Uh but they still have their Beaver State game uh here and then going to Delanaga on the October twenty third. Uh and then swimming and diving, they went and swam at the other non Metro Atlanta city where Taker Del still resides and got killed in swimming both teams. Uh the men lost one eighty to one nineteen and the women one eighty eight to one oh nine. So Effectively, the women lost one additional event than the men. Um, so, not the greatest day. Um, I don't think it was necessarily not not expected either, just because Georgia swimming has been quite the powerhouse on the women's side. Uh, multiple Olympians in the past few years on the American team, so they've been they've been very good for a while.
0: Yeah. One note um, on the uh, Alabama uh, softball doubleheader. I was kind of interested in being a sicko and watching some preseason. College softball, and there was literally <laughs> nothing. Like, I mean, this is the middle of the day. Yesterday, we're recording this on su- Sunday. Uh, this was the middle of the day, Saturday, um, and the the midday slate for college football was kind of meh. Um, it didn't get good until the three thirty slot. The,
2: that the Tennessee the midday slate. the 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 noon Oh, the early midday.
0: slate. Oh, literally early midday.
1: Slate. Uh, uh, different language. Uh, I was I was ready to come off the top rope at you for that. We we're,
2: were both about to
0: the literal midday. I have
1: I have this no low loss a... for the Vols, but uh, that was objectively an electric game. And also in the early day, Brett Bilemma. Bilemma, Wow, I can't even say that. Uh, and my Illinois Bilema. Fighting Illini. I don't know why they're mine, but you know, I guess that's my my thing. They like Chicago's totally team, just Illinois. Mushed, in Urbana they champagne. smushed Minnesota. And and if that's not the Midwestern bully ball that you need from your day, Michigan just kind of turning Penn State into dust, you need to appreciate these dusty college football like smushings
0: more, man. You got to find joy in it. Disagree. Unless Tech moves to the Big Ten, then I will I can't, appreciate that.
2: You stole my thunder. I was about to say, I can't wait for us to be on the receiving end of these games in the next five years, but. You want to be smushed
0: into dust? I
2: I have questions about I'd that, actually. I'd rather get smushed by Michigan than by who we currently play. Also, much- money.
1: Yeah. Money.
2: Speaking I of money,
0: ITA, Southeast Regionals, Mr. Grant, for women's tennis. I don't
1: get what that has to do with money, but... Anyways, women's tennis hosted ITA Southeast Regionals uh, at Byers. It's actually ongoing, so if you find yourself with not much to do on Monday, go check out uh, Carol Lee and also Carol Lee and Kate Sherbura, uh, who are in the regional finals. Uh, Lee is in it in the singles, and the two of them have teamed up for the doubles. Uh, Lee did dispatch uh, a couple of, uh, I guess, challengers in the same day. That would be Mary Madel and Dasha Vidmanova, uh, former from UCF, latter from UGA. Um, on her way to the final, while Kylie Bilchev and Alejandro Cruz fell in the semifinals to Florida, Mahakshane uh, was Tech's next highest singles finisher, who fell in quarters uh, to UGA's Liam Ma, six one six one. one While Cruz, uh, who had lost earlier, lost in the consolation final in tiebreak to Emily de Oliveira of Florida. So lots of lots of tech all over all three draws, I would say. Uh, so pretty, pretty good there.
0: And closes out with some club hockey.
1: Uh, yeah, no, we don't have to talk about this one. They got uh, whooped by the boys from, uh, I, I don't know, Taqueria del Sol Town or whatever we're calling it today. <laughs> I, I got to say, my only question is, what happened to live tweeting? They used to do a great job posting the goals, who scored, all that stuff. Um, and it's a lot harder to find that now. But uh, they are in a much, uh, much cleaner uh, web-designed league. So CHF is really easy to find period-by-period period scoring breakdown. So I guess uh, it's a give and take there.
0: Wait, now I have to, as the only software engineer on this, uh, on this podcast, I now have to actually determine this for myself. Give me one second. You've... It's C- fine. It...
1: CHF it... versus what they used to have is a
0: big step up, dude. Okay, big but step up. It, it's fine. It, it could be, it, it's fine. It's all fine. It, it... I think it could be improved.
1: Are you looking at CHF or the GT hockey site? Because I'm talking about C- the governing C- body.
0: Yeah, I'm chf.rsports with a Z, mind you, dot com. Is that really the URL? Wait, take, oh, this yeah. you want, take this out if you
2: want, Akshay. Take this out if you want, Akshay, but is there any site that you wouldn't say it's fine, there's things that could be improved? <laughs> is there any site you wouldn't have said that about? No. All sites, <laughs> there's always room for there's always room oh. for improvement. <laughs>
1: you mean even your beloved game on paper isn't perfect?
0: Yes. There's so much room for improvement. Are you kidding me? Every time I go, every time I look at the site, I find something to, that I kick my butt for. Anyway, this is, we're getting too way off topic. Let's get us back on the tracks. Let's head over to the edge for some administrative analysis. Georgia Tech has hired a new athletic director as of the 14th of October, Jay Bat from Alabama, who is the number two uh, at Alabama under Greg Byrne, is now the athletic director at Georgia Tech. Uh, Some comments from President Anahel Cabrera, quote, we are excited to welcome Jay to Georgia Tech. His leadership experience at one of the most competitive programs in the nation and his extraordinary track record in fundraising and revenue generation will bring great value to Georgia Tech. Uh, As a former student athlete, Jay has a keen appreciation for what it takes for students to compete at the highest level while pursuing a degree at a top academic institution, he values and shares our culture of excellence and integrity, and in his commitment to student well-being and success. Yada yada yada. End quote. End quote. There's a lot more uh, institutional press release stuff in there. Um, the one note that I want to add uh, before we move on to some actual analysis is Jay was a uh, was on the UNC. Soccer team, the men's soccer team, he played goalkeeper. I actually believe he was number 23. So uh, UNC number 23, J-Bat. Actually, before we get to other notes, Jake, as someone who is very invested in the Collins, or not the Collins regime, but the Stansbury regime, how do you feel about this hire? Let's set the table that way.
1: I'm going to actually do some interesting I'm not going to call it interesting because that's for the listeners to judge. But a little bit of foreshadowing is: I was listening before we got on to the Pastner tip-off ACC Media Days, and I kept waiting for him to say the phrase "Mr. Stansbury" uh, because I was like, "Man, like it just seems like something that he says all the time." So you know, something before we get in too deep on 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 bat, it's it's something that I think we're going to have to do is to calibrate our expectations calibrate our our understandings right because we just got very used to uh six years of a very specific type of athletic director a georgia tech man a letter winner you know all, all these things that were being said were couched with um kind of the hazy glory of shutter the black watch um and and all that came with that, as well as national champions in the 90s, you know, Bobby, Bobby Kremen's in the late 80s. So we're really going to have to make this pivot, right? And and as somebody who did resonate with some of the things there, right, I I, I love history. Uh, I think um, Tech's a really unique place, and I was excited that it, it seemed like we had somebody who was doing a good job raising money and raising the profiles uh, of of a lot of these um, non-rev sports that we do have. That being said, um, just interesting – Uh, that uh you know that that we're going for a i guess tangentially acc i mean he did win a national title at, at unc but a lot of his uh primary experience is outside of the conference it's certainly not at georgia tech um so interesting to uh to hear especially for a department that does need revenue generation and quite frankly while it seemed like the last guy was pretty darn good at it uh I know you're the money guy uh, and the expert on that. So it seems like it's already a point of need because it doesn't seem like the debt has really gotten all that much better for for, for Georgia Tech. So I I, I know you kind of put me on the spot with the Stansbury thing, and it's tough to go from, hey, like volleyball did get really good. But how much of that is Stansbury just saying like, hey, give them some money versus Michelle being a, or Michelle being able to put in her her system, right. And hire good coaches and do good recruiting. Cause at the end of the day, it's coaches and players that scheme and play to win games. It's not, you know, Todd firing a money cannon from the roof, roof of edge and being like, kapoof elite eight. They're like, boom, you know, women's basketball has now now, but it was great hire, but I, I don't know That, he kind of sprung this question on me, so I'm a little bit all over the place there. Somebody bail me out
0: jack bail him out give me give me some of your opening thoughts on this hire before we dive in a little deeper.
2: You've given me a great image for Jay bat to has his first move as athletic director to go on top of edge and gather a bunch of students around and just have a money cannon just firing it out there. I will interrupt those, you one second. Towards,
0: they literally did this, yeah, uh, for the first for the rec club game ones. of yep uh, of the Collins mm-hmm. tenure. The, the athletic department handed rec club uh, money, like the money guns with fake money and dollars loaded in.
2: I have uh, with Jeff Collins' and I have, Collins Collins face somewhere. And, uh, I yeah, have it had somewhere. His, I have that dollar somewhere. I, I'm not going to look. For it the had, had a three on it. It, it was a
1: three dollar money down. I bill. Saved,
2: I'm sure I saved, he. I, I saved those. I had one that lived in my pocket for the for my wallet for the longest time because I just thought it was so funny I, that that was with the rest of my cash. I had
1: a plan to take one and have him sign it one day, but then he did. Then he lost the Citadel and I was like, I don't need to save this anymore. To, to go back to what Oops. the actual
2: question was, though, um, I mean, from what I could, this doesn't seem out of line from what was like presented as needs during the press conference that happened when. uh yeah when Brent Key got introduced and uh, Cabrera was like, yes, here's what we're going for now. um, And here's where we, here's where we know the needs are. And it seems like that has, has a, the experience to at least know exactly what the problems are here um, and has track record taking care of it. Also I just think it's worth noting that Alabama's athletic department is one. It's just so different from so many others in the nation just because it's just, it's gotten so massive. They run a very different, kind of ship there that the coo of alabama athletics is a very different coo position compared to any other uh country now other big schools like that clemson ohio state michigan you're probably touching that same stratosphere but still it's been bama it's it's its own name so I, in that sense i i think i appreciate that it will this will not be much of anything new
1: the interesting thing when uh when you mentioned the Alabama being a completely different ship uh, to run something that stuck with me is I went to go check out his Twitter uh, handle and he had retweeted them opening up. It looks like a, like a team store, but in a lot of colleges, like, you know, between the three of us, we've been to dozens of different schools for away games. I'm sure you stop in a bookstore or, you know, stuff like that just to see what they've got. I know I have at least Um, and all bookstores kind of look like, I don't want to say like quaint and college, but this store that Alabama was opening up that he had like tweeted um and like had interacted with looked like a professional store. And it's hard to like describe that difference. It unless you're like a, a sicko like me that goes to way too many sporting events of way too many types, but they look different, right? It's all sleek. There's you know, there, there's a different kind of stuff on 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 offer, right? You're you're not gonna go yeah. into one of those and get like a you know, Chicago Cubs, School of Engineering. But you know what I mean? Like, it's it well, it, it looked like a very professional operation. Yeah, and
0: it. I'm watching the video on the, on the other screen right now, actually. And I think the best way to describe this is it looks like if you walked into the Falcons team store. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it is the exactly. exact layout, the exact, like, I mean, maybe not the exact Shiny layout, glass, but like, The exact kind of glass, the exact kind of branding, the exact kind of organization, like, the the racks the the way that everything is structured and put together it looks like you are walking into the team store of a professional football team and it's not like you're walking into a oh we now have this massive clothing department that's adjoined to a barnes and noble
2: and i will note and we brought the and this is we brought this up in the recent series engineering program just like we had we just lacked a ton of just being able to present ourselves well in merch specifically, and being able to like make ourselves look like we know what we're doing in the public eye when it comes to just the basic stuff like that. And Bama takes care of the little things very, very well, which is why they win national titles in football and are very good in other sports as well. And also lose to Tennessee
0: apparently.
2: Well, that yes. Um, That's a once every 15 years kind of thing though. Um, That said, I mean that, that kind of thinking though, that has for that to work, beyond just the football team like that has to be a top-down thing for to make a an athletic department like it is at bama what it is now like you take care of the little things like that you do whatever you can to make things as good as they possibly can be um and i think all of us here will say tech's been trying for sure but there's just been places where it's been like okay where was the thinking here um and if Bat's seen that kind of institutional progress like bama has had that's something that i that i appreciate
0: um, just a couple of notes before I get, I get my thoughts, but his experience at Alabama, he was the senior associate director and he started that role, uh, senior associate director of athletics starting in 2017. He was responsible for guiding revenue generating, including charitable giving, ticketing, Tide Pride, uh, which I assume is their uh, donation program and other revenue sources promoted to COO and senior deputy athletic director in 2021, and then executive deputy director, COO, and chief revenue officer in 22. Um, he was also responsible for basically everything management and administration-wise around the newest uh, a capital initiative for Alabama athletics, which is – just get the scope of this, by the way. Ten years, $600 million. Compare that to Georgia Tech's most recent athletics fundraising initiative, which was three years and one hundred twenty-five million dollars. Um, it's it's interesting. It, 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 it the scope, like you said, I think you said it really well when you talk about the scope and the organization of uh, of Alabama compared to a, an athletic department at Georgia Tech. You're jumping from, let's say, you're jumping from running the like the CIO position, just the information technology department of like a Fortune 10 firm, and now being the CEO of a maybe like a Fortune 500 firm, right? There's just such. Yeah. There's yeah. this I gap.
2: That's a great way to in, put
0: it. There's a gap in, and, and, and that metaphor goes a deeper too, right? You're talking. It's not only an organization and standard; it's revenue and operations, yep. right? Alabama runs, like you said, Alabama runs all of these sports teams and does it well. Speaking of those sports teams, actually, um, if you're worried about non-revenue athletics and money being diverted from those in order to take care of football as the prime money maker, a bunch of bats' Twitter timeline is Alabama soccer retweets. So nice. take that for what it's worth, but I think that's pretty... Pretty cool to see that he had like he's he's signal boosting that kind of thing. It,
1: it, I'm going to tinfoil half this. Angel Cabrera, big soccer guy, big 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 soccer guy.
0: On Jay the record, ba- by the way, on the record. Big thing that he big is
1: soccer team. guy, national champion soccer guy. Divert money into soccer program guy. Private companies raising funds to cap the connector. We bring all three of these together. Boom. Now we have a soccer team. There we go. We've done it. j solved is Angel Cabrera's personal soccer building man. There you go. From the Rumble Seat had it first. Subscribers knew like seven months ago. Yikes.
0: I will say <laughs> that it's rampant speculation that they will start any sort of new programs. I would say also that the reason that Tech the most likely reason, and I this is an I feel, not an I think or an I know, I feel that the most likely reason for tech not having soccer programs is revenue and the lack thereof. So i put together two and two here, and you might get four. You might get five. Who's to say? Um, the couple of notes that I had on on bat, just from talking to – other people in a couple of different discords and, and just sort of feeling my way through things and doing my own research. I think he's a very high ceiling. Like I I think the potential here is very, very high, but the, it's still an unknown, right? It's an unknown. What that will look like the road to getting there is very unknown because he hasn't managed the entire athletic department. Yes. COO, but I think title inflation, one is a thing. And two, you, as you don't get exposure to all of the programs when you're mainly running revenue generation, all right? So that's something that is a bit of a concern to me. I think on some of the names that were floating around the internet, he actually wasn't even on the board. And a lot of those other names I think we saw, um, had some athletic experience. So our athletic management experience. So it, it's interesting. That's definitely, that's definitely a concern on the table. Um, and then the other thing that came to mind, and and I think we mentioned this when it comes to some of the recruiting struggles that Georgia Tech has had um, in the past. How hard is it to fundraise at Bama, <laughs> right? Like at a certain point, the Bama brand speaks for itself and Hoover's in money, and it's gotten um,
2: easier too. I mean, once once Saban came in and really changed the dynamic of things like it they went from losing seven straight up there was six seven straight iron bowls to now losing anything is a surprise god they and lost iron
0: seven. bowls to tommy tuggerville oh they lost
2: a lot of iron bowls to tommy tuggerville a lot of them not, not just one or two a lot of them that's um, specific to not specific but it no yeah it's that when you change the tides that well it becomes very easy to you know fun things and so also see the golden state warriors
0: good pun um but I think for number one, I think you can't really like that. That's kind of you kind of throw your arms up and be like, okay, well, you're taking a risk, but it's a calculated risk. And you're keying in on what we know to be a problem for Georgia Tech. Right. That revenue generating piece that you are behind both in terms of TV revenue and in terms of um, donations and in terms of uh, just generic like revenue coming into the system and the second bit is he also bat also brings some experience being the leader of fundraising at um at ECU and ECU is like its own bubble in greenville but there's evidence of him doing it multiple places right so that makes me feel a little better about his ability to um his ability to fundraise at disadvantageous situations and not just rely on the the curly mullet a on his chest to, to make money. I think another point that's important to mention here, especially along with the, the concerns about his athletic department experience. Um, one of the things that's mentioned from his uh, Alabama bio is he was day-to-day leadership for the ag- executive team of athletics. Uh, and he was the sport administrator specifically for men's basketball. So he has some experience managing a single sport and managing a like a team of administrators. So maybe I was wrong in my original assessment, but whether that translates to the entire department of 17 programs, I think that that's still an open question, All right? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Great crowd. I, I didn't I'll, think well, that I answered I'll, things I'll add so note. thoroughly.
2: I'll I do. I'll add you one more note that I, I thought about as soon as I saw the hire, which is this felt like when the Hawks hired Travis Slank from the Warriors who very similar style of helped grow a team and a business to a i mean a super team in a lot of ways and both aid the players on the court for the warriors the last 10 years but also just that brand becoming iconic with the lakers and the celtics uh, across the board now and here we have that helping chauffeur some of that at the sim- at a very similar program comparatively in the different contexts of college fo- college football and ncaa sports and then Bringing it to A, Atlanta. So that's cool. But then also a, another program that's obviously been there a while, but could use a kick in the butt.
0: Yeah. Jake, any last words? Yeah. I, I
1: think I need to hear the guy talk. So tomorrow ought to be interesting. Like it, it seems like it's all just us projecting stuff onto him so far. It'll be interesting to hear what he says and then what he does in his first, you know, couple hundred days.
0: Damn, we should have recorded this tomorrow after the press conference. Uh well, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, the last thing I will say is that uh you will see some information about uh bat being Cabrera's number one candidate. Uh that I also think that is what was reported or is in the press release. Um they always say that. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> uh it, we don't really know what happened in terms of negotiations. We don't have an inside source or anything, but that that, that is a standard, uh, like a standard statement uh, in some of these things. So keep that in mind. Um, anything else before we move on? No, I'm seeing head shakes to move on. So a couple of news items from football before we move on. Our running backs coach Mike Daniels resigned. Oh, I, inauspiciously a little bit on the same day that bat was hired on, on the 14th, there has been no word as to why. Uh, and I don't think it's appropriate to speculate. So we are going to leave that one simmering that way. Um, later this week, uh, this week is a Thursday game for Georgia tech football as Thursday, October 20th versus UVA tickets are still on sale. Um, I think it was like $20 on stuff hub the last time I checked. So, uh,
2: national television.
0: National television. Oh, boy. We'll be right back to talk about more Georgia Tech news right after this short break
1: you guys know what we're here for this is a section 103 podcast we love their stuff uh steven and the gang over there do great work uh as you know always free shipping on orders over 70 bucks and i think i'm going with the coach key hoodies as our featured shirt of the day uh they aren't out yet but you can pre-order them uh they have the full long sleeve version uh with you know the the hoodie drawstrings and all that good stuff or the coach keyified version with short sleeves I've never understood a short sleeve sweatshirt, and I'm not about to start understanding now. Or you could buy the long sleeve one and chop the sleeves off yourself. But, you know, as cool as that would be, I think that would be mean to uh, such a high-quality and soft design. Uh, That being said, like we said, free shipping on orders over 70, and you can find them at section103.com and at section103 on
0: Twitter. Welcome back to Scions of the Southland for October 16th. Let's kick it over to talking about women's basketball a little bit. A full preview will be coming later this month, but we want to talk a little bit about their recruiting class and also a little bit about ACC tip off week, since that was this past week. Mr. Purdy, what do you have for me?
2: Yeah, so the newest recruit that got announced was Deja Thomas, 6'3 forward from Houston, uh, which the big note, the note there I have is uh size which is not we'll talk about this in a little bit just that what well, that was our advantage last year between kubai and hermosa um and strautmane and that will not be the advantage this year so that's a big that's a good get um and it, especially considering our, our i mean yeah that's just where that is um i think we had another recruit that came in earlier in the week i'm forgetting her name and i know she is lithuanian oh, but that is man. all i remember um, i did not the European, see the the uh, The Spanish and Eastern European uh, pipeline continues to be strong.
0: Uh, The the, uh, recruit was from Montverde, or Montverde, whatever the one in Florida is called. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to go find it, but yes, there there were two recruits this week. Uh, I will say that Thomas is in the top 100 on ESPN. She's number 66, so that's pretty cool. That's Um, very good. And Tony Morgan last year was, I think, in the top 10 or at least the top 25. So Nell is still working the boards um, in terms of top tip-top recruiting. Uh, Jake, do you have any thoughts about this before we move on to talking about ACC tip-off?
1: Sounds like we're just trying to recruit uh, every basketball player that comes out of Mount Verde because that was uh, DeVoe's alma mater, I believe. So interesting stuff. Uh, Otherwise, I mean, for newer listeners of the podcast, I'm not generally your recruiting guy it ain't starting for football and it ain't starting for this either. So <laughs>
0: that's about all I got. Lame ACC tip off, Mr. Purdy. What do you got on the women's basketball side?
2: This is going to be a new, this is going to look a lot different than it did last year. Last year's team was, I mean, as I said, it was a lot of size. It was a lot of good rebounding, um, and three point shooting when we needed it from load of my Latin and from Sarah Bates, um, occasionally a desperation heave from Kubai. She, she nailed a few of those, um, but that's that. That's where the offense was. I mean, we, were, we said before the before we started recording, it, it, we basically played the Iowa defense and offense strategy in women's basketball. That's how we beat UConn, though. Like we just completely stifled them and then held the ball for a long time on offense and got buckets as needed, and then beat UConn. Uh, and it was quite something. Uh, that will not be this year's team. We do not have Loda Mylottan. We don't have Sarah Bates uh we don't have uh Lorella Kubai and we're not as big anymore. We instead have Cameron Swartz and Bianca Jackson who are transfers who are a little bit taller, can shoot and are fast. Uh yeah. and Nell at uh, Tip-Off said that's going to have to be how we're going to play this year because that's where our strengths are now.
1: One thing I took away from watching the Tip-Off wasn't just the uh, the the speed, it was also like the diversity of playing positions that kind of got bandied about not only by the players but also by Nell. Mm-hmm. I believe to paraphrase Nell, The line was something along the lines of, you know, it's not important where you're playing on the floor. It's just getting out there. Um, That's a poor paraphrase, but, you know, it's a matter of saying, you know, there. it sounds weird to say point guard by committee, but, you know, you're not always going to have a a regular number one or a regular number two. It's about filling the role and getting your best five for a given situation, too, on the floor. Because, you know, if you're just playing your best five players, you know, sometimes there's times we need to go big or or to, to grab a foul or, you know, um to to make a, a clutch three so yeah I, I thought that was uh in particularly interesting noteworthy and also kind of hopeful right this is this is her saying hey like we were able to have this much success playing out of uh i guess a, a traditional nell fortner system and and now she's talking about going up tempo and that's exciting and, and you know being able to play um uh, a very uniquely defined brand of basketball on top of the one that we that we did with with the the existing talent
2: so. yeah it was very they were very defined roles last year this is we also got five new guards from ever since this, this recruiting cycle between transfers and and incoming freshmen so it, it's the, the the status of the team is very different and just the makeup of position wise and where we need to put people in it's it's so much different i think we, we probably technically had five guards last year but we lost two of them to entry and transferring Um, by the second game of the year so that that changed things but
0: it'd be super nice if someone like the acc volleyball twitter account or the acc volleyball fan page put together a master list of all of the incomings and outgoings yes for uh for tech and also for the rest of the conference because that was super useful when you were doing
2: I have a semblance of one just for tech. I have a semblance of one because I wrote about the outgoings and I have some of the incomings. One of the incomings, should we just, let, let's just jump ahead to Tony Morgan who might be, yeah. I, I, I I'm not, I'm not going to say, I don't want to put anything in the terms of like the savior category or like we'll bring tech women's basketball to the promised land, but she's as good as a recruit as we've gotten in a little time. She was number 24 on ESPN's board just to know that we've been kidding get, getting, getting that top 100. Uh, she's only five, she's five nine so it's not adding to the, it's not it's it's straying away from the whole size thing we had. Um it's this is a speedy shooter who can make who can create contact, uh can shoot from the free throw line. Already at 72%, which would have been second on tech's team last year if she played for us and just shot free throws. Like that would have been second best. We were not a free throw shooting team at all. Um and she averaged 26 and four in her last year of high school, which was fantastic. She won the all big Ben player of the year, which is some Florida award, but she won it two years in a row, uh which that felt like that felt notable. Um but she's fast. She's got good flavor in terms of her offensive ability. Um, and I, my think, my thought is right now should be Aaliyah Love's backup. I don't know if that's the case. No idea. Um, but I think Swartz and Jackson will still get the primary minutes as fifth years and highly much more experienced and ACC title awards in terms of Cameron Swartz being the reigning most improved. So uh, that will I. I would be shocked if she didn't get minutes because if she's going to be able to help with the speed part and give critical minutes off for everyone else when they need it for a breather. That's where she's going to slide in. Is my guess.
0: Let's jump over to the men's side, Jake. You mentioned earlier in the episode that you spent a lot of your prep time watching pastor speak at ACC Tip Off, and man, he had some he had some comments in this session.
1: If by a lot you mean the fact that somebody, I presume, at at Georgia Tech posted it to a different youtube channel than normal then yeah because i i'd watched the women's stuff uh, a couple of days ago on like you know friday night or something so, you know just absent-mindedly and i was like huh i never came across the men's stuff they usually post clips like this and there's a for those that don't know georgia tech's uh youtube channel is like ramblin wreck tube and apparently there's like a second ramblin wreck tube out there but uh but yeah now long story short uh i did watch Pastner's Blob uh, Blurb. It's like 15 minutes. It wasn't anything too crazy. Um, uh, In addition to some of the reading I've been doing. And I think we've really seen a lot of the expected themes come across. Uh, that is mentioning that, uh, you know, a lot of young players got some time last year. I think maybe that was a little bit overemphasized, in my opinion. I think, you know, uh, there are quite a few older players who. um, Who definitely uh, have been around for a while. Love Jordan Usher, love Mike DeVoe, but definitely had been. Uh, they got a significant number of minutes, so I wouldn't say that was uh, necessarily all all them. Anyways, uh, all young guys. That said, um, so this fleet this year will be more of a leaf turn now without Jose Moses, uh, Jordan, and Mike. Uh, in addition, he named a couple of players that need to step up. The one name that I that rattles in my head uh, for there is, is Debo Coleman. Uh, I think maybe that might be my own confirmation bias because. I love Deebo Coleman uh, and I wanted to play really well this year. Um, really fun player to watch and, and should be interesting to see him kind of step into a leadership role. Uh, and he also mentioned that uh, Rodney Howard needs to be in the conversation for the ACC's most approved. And to that, I say no kidding uh, because our big men were a black hole last year and coming off of mm-hmm. Lammers, banks and right. I think in my opinion, like I think Miles Kelly's going to get better. He seemed just a little bit off last year and, Uh, You know, that's something that practice and getting used to the speed of the game can fix. Uh, Same with Debo Coleman. There's times when he was hot and times that he wasn't. Um, I I think it's much more transful for for those shots to start to fall than it is for a big man to suddenly get not uh, awkward out there, for lack of a better term. That's something we really needed to see.
0: Tell me a little bit about uh, the other things that Passner said in this press conference. because. I, I just kept seeing clips of Passner firing off the most,
2: you just know like, how
0: Mark most Josh Passner of takes. Please I, just walk I, us
1: I through it. I, I don't know what what goes through Mark Packer's head. He's an ACC network host. For those who don't know, he was with Packer and Durham. And now he's, I assume, on a morning show. I, I, I don't know what, what they did once Wes was out of there. Anyways... Um, Packer just gets Josh Passner to say the darnest things every time Josh is on. I'm like, man, what? Why did you say that? Um, but uh, anyways, um, there's a couple weird takes that he had. Uh, in that UNC is a national number one, and UVA is the ACC's number one team. I don't know how that works. Like maybe I can wrap my head about it, saying, oh, like UVA is a team that can you know get a double buy and win the conference tournament but north carolina is the deepest in march madness but like both of those are kind of dice rolls so i i, I don't know there uh and i i also saw that uh he mentioned uh wanting a full round robin ie 28 conference games which would essentially make the entire season uh a conference round robin which i don't think is the, i don't think that's the worst thing in the world either for ticket sales or for or for interest like
0: build I, the whole plane I, out of acc basketball <laughs>
1: I I would love I would love to go to twenty eight if it meant we kept like UGA maybe some combination of like state or some mid major type type team on there but I I don't know like Tech doesn't have in basketball a ton of out of conference rivals maybe like a rotating Tennessee or Kentucky type type thing but really ACC's like that that's what puts the butts in the seats right getting Notre Dame Duke uh, UNC at home and maybe ACC big 10 challenge. You know, this is all me shooting from the hip here, but in, in terms of, in terms of weird takes, those were definitely odd ones. Um, I do have one more legitimate thing uh, that I do want to come back to, but if, if you guys have any thoughts on how the UNC and UVA can both be number one, that was the one that had me most go, Oh gosh, you know, next he's going to say there's going to be 12 ACC teams in the tournament or something like that.
0: Here's how Bernie can still win Jake.
2: I don't know the makeup of the of those two teams, and I don't follow ACC basketball enough to know like the names and everything and how that works out. What I do know from the NBA playoffs last year, though, is that we we knew the Brooklyn Nets were not going to be the top seed in the Eastern Conference by the end of it, but we did know that because they had Kyrie and 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 Kevin Durant, that there was a shot they could still win it all just because they had those guys. So in a little in a tiny game sample, you would hate to play them. Over the longer term, it's okay. So my guess is somewhere in there he's rationalizing you would hate to play UNC immediately, but UVA's got the strength for a long term thing. That's me trying to rationalize it in a way that I've seen it rationalize in the NBA, but I have no idea if that's the actual the case here.
1: Yeah, I, I think it might just be I, I the as I've kind of like sat here and thought about it more, I think that's Pastner saying UVA's gonna take care of business in the conference slate, you know, go win twenty games. Yep. Um you know go 19 and 1 18 and 2 whereas UNC just has more opportunities for a head scratcher but it just translates funny on video one more thing i do want to get in before we we pivot away cuz i uh, i love men's basketball i could talk about men's basketball for a long time but i i know y'all need to do some more <laughs> to do some more homework before our preview um that, that being said uh the time and score scenario comment that he made as well um that is going to be big uh that is one of my biggest historic qualms about Passner and anyone who's listened to this show long enough has known that I'm not usually somebody who's like bad, uh, even when bad is a deserved reaction. Um, Josh Pastner's, um, you know, late game schemes, who the, who the ball's going to with 20 seconds on the clock and down in possession or something like that is, has never been something in my opinion that he has excelled at. Um, so the fact that he said that they are spending an outsized amount of time focusing on that shows that, you know, they're, they're putting time into something that needs to be worked on because quite frankly, not only did we lose a lot of games to, uh, to good teams by four and six and eight points last year, it was also something, uh, that we've seen in, in years past as well. Um, one that sticks with me in particular, I think it was an NC state game in his first or second year that just ended with Todrick Jackson, just heaving some wacky three point shot when you've got Josh Akogi right there, who is Josh Akogi, um, you know, just making sure the ball is going to the right guy. Uh, and if you only need two, get two, you know, make those high percentage shots. So um,
0: just to be thought. fair, Todrick Jackson did that specific thing a lot.
1: <laughs> the the human heart attack, Todrick Jackson, do we really have to go through this? I, I think my medical bills will go up, but.
0: A couple final notes. Renew your season tickets. The deadline, I think, for that is soon. Also, the season starts next month. So do that before the season starts. Um, We will preview both teams. I think our schedule sheet had women's basketball next week and then men's the week after. But I'm not the person that keeps the schedule for the podcast. I'm just the one that keeps the time during the episodes. Let's move on to volleyball's week. They dispatched Clemson very easily in a nice little three set sweep. And then they had a little bit of trouble with Duke, especially a very weird third set en route to a three-one win. They were up with match point at I think twenty-five-twenty-three and then ended up yeah, was, giving the they set a, to Duke at yeah, 20. Yeah, they had they had some
2: they had they had room they had room for error and committed the errors See, that was
1: something that That's was something that uh i feel like i've been sitting on the edge of my seat thinking all year is like gosh like okay we can mess this up three times before it gets bad like i i that, i, I viscerally, viscerally remember having that reaction during a home game
0: recently that i was at it, it, yeah where's just... the clutch <laughs> um they just have a lot of trouble closing out games and closing out sets and this was an a a prime example of that because in that third set which duke ended up winning it went to 30 28 for a duke win um despite tech having the advantage uh moving into that final stage of the set and then in the fourth set they had match point like three or four times before finally putting it away so that's Disappointing. Uh, That set drop to Duke is Tech's first set drop to an unranked team since the first weekend of the season. I think it's their first set dropped to any ACC team or any ACC team that's not Louisville or uh, Pitt. So, hmm. Something to keep in mind. Uh, Julia Bergman is now ninth all time in the program in terms of kills and fifth in terms of service aces. So that's pretty cool. Um,
2: you will get Jake, to eighth too because B is only about a hundred ahead of her for her in kills. So that we'll we'll be talking about that in a couple weeks. Jake, yeah, let's I, go um, to you
0: first on this week for volleyball. I mean, honesty time.
1: The first game happened mostly while I was in choir. And I wouldn't say that. Hmm. How do I put this? It's been a long time since we played Clemson in a game. That's actually taught something to us about the team. They just haven't been on the same plane the last three or four years. It's a take care of business game. Duke's been higher in the conference. It's a road game, you know, winning at Cameron indoor Ooh, spooky. Um, That's men's basketball joke. It's a, I I don't know it's the place is a mausoleum for, for women's volleyball and women's basketball, which is damn shame um, compared to how they pack it for, for the men uh, and just the the general campus vibes around sports there. I don't have enough time to go into that, but in terms of keep it moving, you you can't write too much into dropping a single set into a team that you're better than it's going to happen. Sometimes they won the game. Like that's when you say, Hey, go grind the tape and and get better for the next game. Right. I, I don't know that any of that's unfair. Right. Jack.
2: Um, maybe here's what I now I'm noticing. I did not watch the Duke game, but I'm looking at all. The, I'm looking at the timeline of that third set, and it is remarkably similar to the third set of the Clemson game, except it got worse. Um, we kept took care of Clemson the first two sets, no problem. Uh, and then I think we got a little complacent. Uh, it didn't out th- well. It, it looked like we were playing fine, but we didn't have to do anything special. There wasn't added effort required to get through Clemson. And then, as soon as Clemson was like ready to really start playing in the third set, they beat us up immediately and we were down a few points. And Kali had to kind of scramble to keep things together. Um, and I mentioned in my article, I was just like, hey, it was Clemson, so it was fine. But like, we can't just lose ourselves in the third set and expect everything to be great the next time. And then, what do you know? Against Duke, we go down, uh, what do we, we go down nine, 10-4 in that third set. Like, we were out of it. If pretty early on the same kind of story we had we were fine the first two sets twenty-one five, fifteen, twenty-five sixteen, and then for whatever reason just not in not not in it enough and just get smoked out of the gate to have to battle back uh eventually get back to match point so i think that's a good thing there though is that in both of these times we were down early but but clawed our way back to match points um then that gets back into the closing part of like actually putting the thing away when you need to um when it's close but um I don't know if we want to call two as a pattern or a trend, but that's worrying. Um, we did score five straight points to get to back to 11, 10 in that strength. So like it was immediate came right back. Um, but this is, this is it. This is something here. I don't, I don't, I hope this doesn't happen this weekend. I think we'll be able to get through these first, these next two games this weekend, just fine. But um, I'll be looking at that third set very particular to see how we respond. If we win the first two.
0: Yeah, I think, it, I think it's a trend. Right. I, I haven't looked at the data all out to really say for sure, but at least anecdotally, like they could it's just a continuing problem with being able to finish out these games. Um and I don't know what the solution is. I think when things are obvious, like uh Pimentel is getting targeted on server receive and that just needs to be cleaned up, like when things are that obvious, and a team has has watched the tape and is taking advantage of it, that's one thing. but when you just sort of slip into cruise control or autopilot late in late in a match and just lose the concentration at the end of a set, like that's a completely different vibe right i I don't know whether it's an error situation like i i, I have to just look at the data, and I haven't had a chance to do it yet like it yeah. could be errors I it know could at least be for
2: Cle- yeah. Yeah, at least for Clemson, errors was not the problem. That was one of my notes, was that we only had six attack errors and then eight combined for service and return errors. So actually, we did better there. Clemson was not a threat, though, in that sense. Um, Duke against, oh, closed, I closed the stats for the Duke game, but I'm going to guess it was more just because the sheer volume of points available was more between over extra points in the third set and then having to play a fourth.
0: Jake, any final notes before we start moving towards looking to the future? Nah,
1: and I'm not even sure there's much that this week can tell us either.
0: Speaking of this week, uh, Boston College and Syracuse both at home. The Boston College game, Friday, October 21st. That's a 7 p.m. tip. And then Syracuse at home again in O'Keefe, Sunday, October 23rd. That is a 1 p.m. tip. No updated ABCA rankings just yet. Jack, you get the last word here. The last thing you have in our notes is any losses before Louisville will be immensely consequential? Walk that out for us before we move on.
2: Well, we just don't play anybody that would make us look that that would refl- make our RPA. If we if we lose to anyone but Pitt or Louisville, our RPI is going to suffer, uh, which is going to matter in the coaches poll. It's going to matter in the NCAA top ten or whatever they start making that list longer. Um, I mean, it's just the thing. If you have to hold serve and all in. in beat the people you have to beat is the point there. And there's too many good teams in the ACC and in the big 10 that they'll, that if we lose badly to a team that we shouldn't lose badly to that threatens, if we're going to have home court, uh, NCA tournament games, which we're still on track to do. And I think that's the main thing. If we hold serve, if we, even if we lose to Louisville again and we play Pitt again, am I correct in saying that
0: we played? Yeah. We play Louisville at home and then Pitt away. Pitt on the road.
2: Okay. Yeah. If we lose both of those games, I don't think that will cost us hosting the first round of the NCAA tournament. Um, if we win uh, one of them, I think that I, I, I'm not sure about that. Obviously there's a lot of other there. games that need to play out there. Um, I mean, the big 10 still has to eat itself alive as well. Uh, a lot more than we have. We eat ourselves alive in the ACC. Um, our, our one win is
1: still a little soft though.
2: It's a little soft. Losing to Arkansas was a big, was a big L in that department. Um, So I, there's still, there's, still a little bit of room for error but it's really just against the the really best against the best teams because as we saw with ohio state they just kept staying in the top 10 because they kept losing the good teams um as long as we only lose the good teams that's better than nothing but that's that's better if we than the alternatives but have to win convincingly going out uh to hold serve here
0: cool let's move on to some acc football picks I think this week is a very interesting slate. So let's start on Saturday at noon on ABC. This is Syracuse at Clemson. Syracuse is undefeated, ranked number 14th in the nation. Clemson is number five. Clemson is favored by two touchdowns. Mr. Purdy, what do you got?
2: I still have t- I'm still, still going to take the Tigers. I hate that either of these teams have – I mean, I hate that Syracuse – well, a there's gonna be a lot of orange, it's be a lot of orange in this game, uh, but also, and I think Clemson's still got it. Syracuse winning. I mean, I I don't know if they'll have had a bigger win in program history. I'm not well versed in their football to know, but uh, that would be that would be incredible if they did win. But because it's at Clemson, they know they have to show up for that early kick. Not gonna build up much drama. I think they take care of business.
0: Jake, yeah,
1: I uh. I can't see Syracuse winning this game as much as I want to be able to. I just, I'm taking Clemson even to cover as
0: well. Okay, let's move on to ESPN3 slash your local RSN. Noon 30 features Duke and Miami. Miami favored by eight and a half points. Jack, what you got?
2: Eight and a half. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Dukes. I was speeding them. I must've set something off. Uh. I'll, yeah, I'll stick with Miami three and three. I thought they were going to be honestly like two and four by this point. So Um. yeah, I'll take this. I'll, I'll take a Miami against this slipping Duke team.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami at home.
1: I think I'd still take him. Uh, I, I don't – actually, no. I'm going back on it. I think I think Duke covers, um, but I, I'm not convinced that they win. Uh, I think it'll be a pretty close game. Both of these teams are, like many in the Coastal, fundamentally flawed.
0: Everyone in the Coastal is bad, same as it ever was. Uh, speaking of teams in the Atlantic, actually, 3.30 on ACC Network. Boston College at number 13, Wake Forest. Wake favored by 20.5 points. Jake, you're up first. Wake. All day. All day. Oof. And Jack.
2: Wake. All night. All night. Oof. Uh,
0: moving on to the final game of your ACC weekend, 8 p.m. on ACC Network, Pittsburgh at Louisville. Peculiarly, this has an even line. Uh, the over-under is at 57, which seems weirdly low. Jake, you're up first.
1: Yeah, I have no idea how this is an even line. Uh,
0: give me Pitt. Pitt should win this one a walking away, but I will hear any argument, Mr. Birdie.
2: Yeah, I don't I haven't watched Louisville play football this year, so I sadly don't have the knowledge to really say whether they how much of a fight they could put up. I can say you can see their football stadium from the airplane if you're flying into Chicago and there's no clouds, uh, but I'm still gonna take Pitt.
0: Chicago? What? You can see Louisville Stadium from flying into Chicago?
2: hmm Yep. Yeah
1: like from 30 you're you're you you're not talking about short final right
2: no i know when i flew up in the notre dame game on southwest i was able to identify louis i was able to identify oh, all of louisville's you, campus and then the entirety yeah. of indianapolis yeah
1: i thought you were talking about like as you come into land i was like huh what no no, huh, no. No, but, yeah,
2: no no yeah they, yeah having driven no, they, through it i was able to identify like where all the various parts of the campus was from from above that's
1: as a Chicago-to-Atlanta route frequenter, you kind of go diagonally across Indiana until you hit the lake. So, yeah, that uh, I usually kind of zone out past Chattanooga, but you pick it back
0: up again when, when the land gets flat. Wow, do people fly to the Midwest or something? I thought you'd just fly over that.
1: No, we can't all be big uh, New York-Boston-Acella corridor, boys.
0: Well, maybe you should consider it. Well, one thing that Jack has considered for his sicko picks of the week is a trip to Hawaii. Tell us more. No, oh, no,
2: it's not. It's not. It's not in Hawaii. It's in Colorado State. Damn it! Uh, it's in
0: Fort Collins.
2: It's in Fort Collins. Yeah, um, Diedrich Parson uh, has came off a hundred thirty-six yard, three touchdown game for the the uh, for the Rainbow. What's their name? The Rainbow Warriors. Rainbow yeah. Warriors. Rainbow, Rainbow Warriors. Warriors. Give me, yeah, give me them Rainbow. Give me them Rainbow Warriors covering and beating Colorado State in a very green and gold game.
0: Go Bose. Uh Jake, what you got for me? Yeah, um,
1: I actually was going to do this one live. And the way I had settled uh, is I am going with Texas Tech versus West Virginia. I think both of those teams are incredibly fundamentally flawed. And it's at Jones AT&T Stadium. And anything can happen once you're west of Dallas because that's uh, nothing for miles around. So uh, I-, I think I'm still taking uh, Texas Tech here. But it, it should be.
0: A weird little Big 12 uh, SmackDown. There's not even a network listed for this one. Where is this game supposed to be? That's bizarre. Uh, That's a great question. Who knows? Anyway, the assignment was to pick a Sicko game. And both of you picked potentially legitimately interesting ones. So I picked the Sicko one to do the work for the rest of you's. Wednesday, 7.30 on ESPN2. Georgia State is a four. very sicko game. Why is not I'm, sicko? Two
2: and but five, you, two and five. Hawaii versus one and five. Colorado State isn't sicko enough for you?
0: No, you pick week weekday games to be more of a degenerate. Also, if you bet on weekday games, you are a degenerate. Anyway, seven thirty on Wednesday. Georgia State at two uh, and four. App State at three and three.
1: Keeping the on.
0: Anyway, App State by ten. I will take. Uh, State to cover because both of these teams as Jake likes to mention and has said multiple times today out of nowhere both of them are fundamentally flawed Ab State can't keep a lead Georgia State doesn't look functional at times this one's in Boone it's going to be very very fun I think that is about it for us this week hopefully this was a short one I haven't actually checked the recording time but Mr. Grant any final (laughs) words before we move I got
1: one last thing do not call on Twitter For the game on Thursday to be a blackout, that is not one of Georgia Tech's colors. If anything, it should be a whiteout. Uh, I'm just saying, uh, uh, there are some great tech apparel makers out there, including uh, Section 103. You can't find black apparel on their store because it's not one of our school colors. Go buy something white from them uh, or or something gold or something. Even Navy will do or gray. i take gray. But blacking out the stadium is is not the move. Uh, I will be there. I would recommend y'all uh be there too because it should be some interesting thursday night football i'm I, I i'm excited for a football game boys that that's that's where i'm at i'm excited
0: it might be legitimately better than whatever nfl thursday night football is which i'm actually about to check well jack gives any those final have been notes. bad
2: oh. Those Man, I want to look at that too. I mean, if you want a real sickos pick, I mean there's there's UAV Western Kentucky on Friday night, but oh, I'm god. <sighs> <sighs>
0: okay, so here's what here's what ESPN is putting on, or no, this is this is on Amazon Prime for TNF for the NFL. The Saints versus the Cardinals in Arizona. The Saints are two and four, the Cardinals are two and four, and it's also Call of Duty release week. So you know Kyler Murray is not going to be on top of it. It's oh going to be bad.
2: Uh, well, we'll have, we'll, wait, has, will it have come out, though, by then? Will, will it be, or does, It'll does be it be early. get early?
0: beta? So I've heard multiple things. I've heard that early access is campaign only and not multiplayer. So it really depends on how much of a true gamer Kyler Murray is.
1: Right, okay. Uh, isn't it established that he is a true gamer?
0: Well, yeah, but only true, true sicko gamers play the Call of Duty campaigns these days. Yeah. As a noted true sicko gamer who only plays Call of Duty campaigns and doesn't really do multiplayer. The more you know. This has gotten off the rails. Anyway, yes. This I legitimately Tech versus Virginia might be better than Saints Cardinals. So watch that instead. Anything else, boys.
2: Surprise update. I'm gonna I wanna thank our audience because we crossed the two hundred listens for last week's episode, which I did not see coming. And we've only had what, once, twice in the last couple of years, so uh very nice to see. That was a big surprise. Yeah. I
1: I don't know how we hit a thousand that first year we did it on one episode, but it's called the that algorithm. Again. That would be great. It's
2: the same thing
0: as TikTok. That's how they hook go, you up.
1: Go, go tell your friends. Go tell your friends. This means a lot to us to see that number. So thanks bad. for letting I, me know. Say, Jack.
2: We're 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 glad at two hundred, but we want we want we want five hundred.
0: Yeah. Be Jake, take us home.
1: Yep. Uh thanks for listening as always. This has been uh from the Rumble Seat, Science of the Southland, you can find us at FromTherumbleSeat.com. Uh, there are articles that cope with these where you can comment. Uh, you can also add us on Twitter, uh, reply to this in the comments and uh email us at from the rumble seat at gmail.com. Uh, we read all that stuff and it definitely helps us shape what we do here. So keep that in mind. Uh, if there's something that we aren't talking about or something that we should, um, you know, let us let us know uh, in terms of finding us individually. I'm at Jake Grant 98 on Twitter. Jack is at Jack Nicklaus. if you find him, I'll give you a prize. I don't know. he, he He's weird about that stuff. Um, and as always, we'd like to thank Section 103. That's at Section 103 on Twitter and Section 103 dot com. Great work um, by all of them all the time. Go vote on the next design and, and go buy something nice. Uh, in terms of content from, from the Rumble seat, we did release a many, many part Um, engineering, a program series just about the existential uh, situation of the Georgia Tech athletics program and school itself. So go give that a read. Let us know your thoughts there as well. Uh, For Jack and Akshay, thanks for listening. Good night and go Jackets.